Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Sinead Kennedy is a solo travel mentor, mental health and well-being coach and fitness fanatic as well. I'm looking at her book here and the picture of her on a bike. So she's obviously a fitness fanatic because I haven't been on a bike in years. I'd be knackered after five minutes cycling. Uh, when she was 32 years of age, Sinead says she was overwhelmed, exhausted, mentally burned out and sick of everything going wrong in her life. After a traumatic life-changing event, she chose to pick herself up, shake herself off and live her life to the fullest. And this resulted in writing life is a cycle. Not that type of cycle, but the one you cycle on a bike. She says the book will resonate with anyone who needs inspiration to live their dreams, but perhaps doesn't know really where to start. And I think that's what we all want to do. We want to turn another chapter, but we don't know where to start. And she joins me in the studio, Sinead Kennedy. Good afternoon or good evening to you. Hi, Niall. Good evening. How are you? Thanks for having me in. You're welcome. I, I always say good afternoon. It's like my day is just endless. Sometimes I'm saying good morning to people in the afternoon, good evening to people in the morning. It's it's just crazy. So what what was the turning point in your life when you went through this traumatic time in your life and you were overwhelmed, exhausted, mentally burned out, and you kind of had a day where you go, this all has to change? Yeah, so the book starts back in 2005 and like I said, I was 32 years old and I had just bought a house I couldn't afford, much like everybody. And Mm -hmm. uh, things haven't changed, obviously. um, But everything was going wrong. I was in a very, very dark place in my life and I mean that it was totally and utterly in chaos. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but um, in hindsight, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. So, um, you know, because sometimes you have to fall down to pick yourself back up and and that's basically what the book is about so uh, I don't dwell too much on um, you know look I was in a dark place right what did I do to get out of that hole and that's where the book starts so uh, you know it's about how I built my bridges how I picked myself up got on with life and there's some very funny stories because obviously I went off solo travelling I was also at an age I was 32 and I was kind of trying to fit into I happen to live in South County Dublin and I was sort of trying to fit into a lifestyle that was never meant for me. And well, I'd like to keep up with the Joneses yeah, lifestyle. and you know, I was 32 and, you know, everybody was telling me about my biological clock and there was no man, there was no ring on my finger. You know, it was all, you know. It was taken away, was it? Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, when I sat back and really thought about it, I actually never wanted any of those things anyway and I was just trying were to you not the typical? Were you not a typical young 17-year-old girl who wants to meet the man of your dreams and walk up the aisle wearing white, have a baby and get married and live happily for the rest of your life in a nice, beautiful house? <laughs> No, I was too busy climbing trees and getting drunk and dancing on tables. And <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not a bad way to start life, is it? Anyway, you know what I mean? So I'm assuming then you worked in the entertainment industry or the nightclub industry or the bar industry. I did. I worked in hospitality for a very long time and I absolutely hated it. And it got to the point where, oh, Lord, you know, people would say, oh, my steak is uncooked. And I'd be like, oh. Go away! Like Get I over couldn't, yourself. I just couldn't do it any longer. Well, then go home and cook it yourself. I know, and you know, I just I'd be there imagining like pouring soup over them, and you know, I just you know, and obviously I'd keep smiling and go through the motions. But that's that's what I was doing with life. I was going through the motions, and and I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't know anything about anything. Like, did you, you know, have a dream? But I mean, when you were. 
Like I, you know, I know you say when you got to thirty two, you were mentally burned out and all that kind of stuff, and you went through. Well, I wouldn't say it was traumatic, but certainly exhausting life of not achieving anything. I suppose if that's what you could say. So, but did you have a dream? Was there any kind of dream in there inside your head somewhere? I'd love to achieve this. Was there something there? Um, I think honestly a lot of my passions were very suppressed and again that's modern life and you know uh, when we don't listen to ourselves and we sort of like I said tried to conform but I always adored travelling and I was very very lucky and again it's in the book that uh, my dad was big into travelling and he brought us abroad we were very lucky we didn't have relations down the country that we had to go visit instead we would go to France or Spain and so I got a real travel book from him but I also absolutely adored just being fit and in my bedroom I'd pretend to be studying and actually I used to have the Jane Fonda videos on and I'd be doing aerobics <laughs> workouts <laughs> Jane so, Fonda, Keeping fit with Jane Fonda, I, I remember the her. videos She inspired my whole life and she gets a few mentions in the book um, because because she, she started out as being the sex symbol because she was, was it Barbarella? Was that the, the movie she was in? No, was it, it was Capaloo Capa- Who's Barbarella? Oh, I, d- I don't know, but I know oh, she's Capaloo. Somebody would text in. Somebody would text in and tell me who Barbarella was. I, th- I thought it was Jane Fonda that was Barbarella. But anyway, she, of course, she became the sex symbol, didn't she? And the one that everybody wants, the, every woman wants to look like Jane Fonda. Yeah, and I, and I absolutely adored her. And I loved her big poofy hair and her leg warmers. And it was just, you know, it was <laughs> the 80s when I was growing up. And uh, so, yeah, my mum used to think I was fierce you know big into studying and it's funny you know because the leave insert starts today and um, you know I I used to pretend to study it but really I was up in my room doing aerobics workouts but healthy body healthy mind and I think that's you know hugely overlooked particularly for students today you know get up get out there have some fun yeah so you decided to go cycling. <laughs> so where did the where did the cycle? Now I, I, I'm kind of mixing up the two words with the life cycle and the life cycle, if you know what I mean. So where did the cycling come into it? Well, it's a play on words. The the cover of the book because I mm. did go cycling all over the world, but life is a cycle because it does come full of course. circle. Yeah, yeah. So um, so cycling. We lived on a farm up the top uh, of a hill at the back of Tala, where I grew up, and. Uh, cycling was my first um, big way of getting independence from my family. I used to cycle down to the shops and I used to think I was brilliant and uh, it gave me my first taste of solo travelling even if it was just going to the shops or down to cricket practices. Was this the back roads up towards Blessington? Uh, not quite, but up more around Bornebrina. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so up around there. So my bike to me was just my, my own personal outlet and... Um, and I'm actually quite introverted. I know people will probably scoff at that, but actually I am. And I, what I loved about cycling was I was on my own. Um, and even now I'm in a cycling club and I'm still, I cycle for myself, but I'm with other people. But ultimately okay. it's, it's, it's very much a solo sport. Uh, which and did you, find, did you find cycling kind of cleared your head? A little bit, or because a lot of people say that when they kind of go cycling, it's just them at the road and the bike, and it kind of clears their head of any kind of negativity. Maybe it just gives them a chance to to breathe, I suppose, it, to breathe and to see the fresh air. But I think any any sport will bring you into the moment. You know, you're not thinking about your bills, you're not thinking about you know the stresses of work. You know, so it, it you know for me personally, cycling is my sport. But it, you know, if you're out walking or jogging or you know archery, tennis, whatever it is, sport is there for a healthy body, healthy mind, and for me you know just cycling was a natural progression um, because I had always had a bike growing up as a kid and I moved abroad after my meltdown I went abroad for worked on the cruise ships and again there's more stories in the book about the love boat um, (laughs) when you say you had your meltdown by the way did you did you physically have a meltdown at some point where you sat there cried your eyes out and said what am I doing with my life 
it was a bit it was a bit more serious than that it was okay. uh yeah there Deep was depression there was um well again I don't want to give too much about the book but uh there was a, a big intervention and I got taken okay. in for my own safety so yeah oh, okay okay yeah I'm sorry to hear that by the way no, it's that's difficult to even talk about and think about no no it's not because I'll be honest with you I'm very lucky that I I got a wake up call and I, and I know there's obviously people listening and who have never had their wake up call or people who unfortunately didn't make it out the other side and I'm very very fortunate that I did and mm-hmm. um, but I'm very aware that there are people who, who don't get there so I don't want to make light of mental health issues by any means of course means. yeah but after my my own personal meltdown I decided the best thing I could do was get the hell out of Ireland I was embarrassed people knew what I'd done um, and I just needed to create a lot of space um, and why, I know it's why were you I, I mean can I ask you by the way what year this was or when this was 2005 sorry. so I don't think nowadays that the embarrassment that you had in 2005 would be there as much because the stigma isn't quite the same. You know, you know, if somebody is for their own mental health goes in somewhere in those days or even as far as 2005, it would have been looked and shunned upon as the level of stigma to that. But I don't think that's the same now. I think people would have more empathy. Um, or were they, do you think? I'm not willing to find out, if, to be honest with you. But the other thing is, I mean, if you if you imagine just going out on a night out and making a complete show of yourself and then the next morning having to wake up and everybody knows what you've done, like, like if you and could... And people Im- telling you what you've done yeah, and you didn't if you even know. Yeah, if you multiply that by about three million. Like, okay. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, but again, that's my own personal... I mean, I don't know. Other people could just maybe water off a duck's back. But for me, I was mortified and I was like, oh, to mm. hell with this. I need to get out here. Yeah. yeah, so I'm assuming then alcohol played a huge role in that. Yeah, there was a big problem with alcohol as well. So yeah, yeah. and I quit yeah. that. Yeah, best thing I ever did for myself was quit booze. And so, so have you quit all the bad stuff? Did you smoke at the time? I did. Yeah, smoked, drank, danced on tables, swung out of chandeliers. <laughs> uh, anything I could do, I could do. Yeah, I, but the, the swinging out of the chandeliers is, isn't too bad. It can be quite entertaining. But you've given up the other bad habits, the smoking and the drinking. Yeah, except for sugar. If I could give up sugar, I'd be perfect. But I just, I oh, can't. I just can't. You and- you and me both the same. Look at this can of Red Bull. Oh. There you go. That keeps me going. All right. And I drink three or four of those a day and take four sugars in my tea. The doctor, I was actually only got a blood test recently. The doctor said to me, I'm surprised you're not post diabetes at this stage. But I'm, but I'm fine. Thankfully, my blood test came back. Okay. So at what point did you decide that you could help other people? Um, well, naturally there was, so off I went on the cruise ships and, and it's, it's very funny. So when I went for my interview for the cruise ships, I was I had since qualified as a physical therapist. Um, but there's actually quite a long delay between your interview and getting on board the ship. So mm. in the meantime, I went off and became a fitness instructor because I just wanted to be like Jane Fonda. So when I went to London for my uh, pre the pre cruise ship training, they said, "Are you qualified at anything else?" And I said, "Oh, well, I I literally qualified yesterday as a." as a fitness instructor and they said oh off you go you're off to Singapore to teach aerobics on a cruise ship (laughs) just like Jane Fonda yeah Yeah. and the very first day I rocked up and I had never taught a class to anybody and it it literally excuse the pun was a case of sink or swim right okay so did you just copy what Jane Fonda did in the videos (laughs) I just you know the the thing about it is people are sheep when um, so when you stand in front of a class and you lift your head up high and you say, hello, I'm here to teach you, they will follow um, yeah. because people do like to be told what to do. And yeah. that's what I really did learn. I was like, oh, my God, like, even <laughs> though I was making a mess of it, they were just following me like um, like Simon says. 
<laughs> yeah, people do. People do that, particularly if they want to learn, I suppose, because people are generally there to learn. So I suppose mentoring people, physical health is attached and intrinsically linked to mental health without a shadow of a doubt. So if somebody was in your situation now and they felt their life was going nowhere, it was just going all in the wrong direction and they needed to change, but they just don't have that, I suppose, the oomph to want to change. How do you how do you help them to change? Um, somebody who doesn't have the... Do you mean they haven't got the will to change or they, just the... Well, well, they want to, but they just they don't... I, I suppose it's like me to an extent when it comes to smoking, right? I want to give up smoking, right? It's not quite the same thing as what you're talking about. I want to give it up. But every time I make an attempt, I fail miserably. You know, I last an hour. <laughs> and, then, and then it's, I should look, I just get one more bloody packet. You know, so I, I just, even though I want to do it, and I suppose it's the same with somebody who's going nowhere in their life. Maybe they're in a dead-end job that they hate, and they want to do something, desperately want to do something about it, but they just don't have the, how do I, the mechanism to do that. How do you convince or how do you tell people how how to change their life? Is there like a, do you have to decide at a point where you say this is it, sink or swim? I think, yeah, it's. It, I mean, basically, the change has to come from within, and that might sound very hippy dippy airy fairy, but it's it's true. Like change is not going to happen. Uh, we all know, you know, trying to teach your child manners, for instance, you know, you can tell them a hundred times, but un- until the child learns or realizes the consequences, mm-hmm. um, that's that's when the change happens. So. I guess um, now I would have many shortcuts because at the time, obviously, it's taken me years to get to this point. Um, But now more recently, and again, it's something very common, you know, uh, life coaching, psychotherapy, all those uh, modalities are really common space now. And that's I personally, I've done two diplomas now in life coaching and I absolutely adore it because I really do feel that I can get in to help people. And it's not me telling them what to do. It's me helping them to realise what needs to be done, helping them to understand that they're responsible for their life. And I think that's, again, something that has very often been taken away from us, particularly the last three years. Um, We Mm. weren't allowed to be personally responsible for ourselves and people need some help getting back to realise that people aren't responsible for you and people don't owe you anything. You've got to do it yourself. So this whole punching in, punching out a life isn't... You know, some people are going to drift through life and that's fine. But for other people, you got to stand up, make the change and decide for yourself that this is it. And some people, I suppose, are of the mindset that their life is mapped out for them and there's nothing they can do to change that. And there are people who believe that, who genuinely believe this is my destiny. Look, I've just, that's it. I always have bad luck. Nothing works for me. I'm always going to fail. And and they kind of have that thought in their head constantly all the time. Yeah. And even, you know, if we even look at the movie The Field, you know, he didn't want the land. But, you know, again, you know, it's just a very, you know, typically Irish thing. You know, you will inherit this and you will get into this lifestyle. And, and that's not the lifestyle that you want. And we all know people who say now, like I know somebody who always wanted to be a maths teacher and he's the furthest thing from a maths teacher. <laughs> but that's what he actually wants to be or do. But he's not a maths teacher. So I want to be a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> that's not always cracked up to me. <laughs> I, I bought the flight simulator from my computer. That's about as far as I'm going to get. I'm never going to take off and get off the ground. I did do two flying lessons. And the second one, they taught me how to land and I nearly that terrified me. So I'll never do it again. But I suppose, are some people winners and some people losers? Or are we all capable of being winners? We're all capable of being, uh, we're all capable of achieving what we want to achieve. And, you know, some people obviously are in terrible situations and, you know, the old saying, you're a product of your environment. Um, But, you know, but if that was true 
there wouldn't be sort of millionaires who came from nowhere. They're, you know, from rags to riches stories. Um, mm. You know, that so they kind of blow that theory out of the water. But there are people who, who are... But they're few and far between. The Bill Cullens of this world, for example. Well, I don't know what Bill Cullens do now, but... Or no, was it Bill Cullen or Desco? Well, I can't remember his name. Uh, Bill, oh, it was Bill Cullen, yeah. Sure. He kept telling that story about the penny apples all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. famous story. Yeah. Now, mind you, he did go bankrupt at some point as well. But I don't know, maybe he's successful again. But I mean, th- those stories are kind of few and far between of the rags to riches, aren't they? They are, but they're not. But they're not. Uh, they're yeah. They're 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 not common, but but they yeah. but they do exist. And you know, it's yeah. like I always think, you know, somebody wins the lottery every week. You you know, yeah, and and people buy a, a lotto ticket <laughs> um, in the hope that they'll be the one. But like somebody always wins it. Um, eventually, or but but somebody will win it. Well, um, it just goes to show you that we all have hope because realistically, yeah. you've a one in thirty-six million chance of winning the Euro Millions. But yet we go out and think we might be that one in thirty-six million yeah. who are going to win it. That's. I mean, look at um, the lady from Limerick. I mean, you know, one hundred and fifteen million. Dolores Kane. Dolores, yeah. 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 So um, I think. I think the the saddest thing is when people do give up hope or they have hope drained, uh, like literally shook out of them, and that's you know again coming from their lifestyle or their upbringing um, and that's where the learning has to come in that you have to realise that they're preconditioned beliefs that they're not mm-hmm. your actual beliefs so like I but you don't also don't want to have false hope either because there are some things that are just not achievable aren't there I mean you have to be realistic because if you're not realistic well then you'll make insane decisions or maybe life is just about taking risks I don't know but you know what I mean you do have to be realistic when you're setting your goals and setting yeah. your limits but you have to be realistic but this is where people make the mistake so for instance just as an example you mentioned I'm going to quit cigarettes today but perhaps if you said okay I, I normally smoke five a day t- tomorrow and for the next week I'm just going to s- smoke four a day and then the next week I'll smoke three a day and then two a day. So making mm. it into bite-sized pieces. And that's the same with goal setting. Like you don't start building a skyscraper from the top down. You start with the foundations and you build your way up. And that's okay. uh, goal setting is most important. It's so, just So in pieces. other words, set achievable goals. Set achievable goals. Not impossible goals. goals. Exactly. And, you know, when we achieve something, we create dopamine in our body. And that's our mm. feel-good hormone. And that's what strives us to go on and again and to to achieve more, you know, so it's yeah. the dopamine hit and we get addicted to dopamine hits by achieving things. Mm. Yeah, I, well, I, I also get a sugar hit as well. The sugar oh, yeah, me like, too. Just, I'm just <laughs> like you. In, in relation to the book, I suppose, what would people, I suppose, get out? What's the best thing they're going to get out of this book? Because it does look like it's a very interesting book. I don't read too many books, to be honest with you, but I'm going to have a quick read to this one. So, I mean, what will they get out of it? Um, so a, a lot of lovely feedback has come back and lovely reviews. And I think the biggest word is that relatable is uh, coming through. So, for instance, um, that was me in that situation. That kind of feed, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I've been very honest in the book, warts and all about how unhappy I was. But then also traveling on my own, getting sick, getting, uh, you know, into really funny situations that I never expected to get into. Um you know, I, I because I went off then and I, I've cycled like the longest climb in the world in Colombia. My guide went off and left me in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, so there's there's just a lot of very funny I mean, you've achieved, you've achieved quite a lot. You've, you know, you completed three Dublin City marathons, numerous half marathons, adventure yeah. races. And it also mentions here as well, you completed uh, the Le Marmot in France. Yeah, that's a uh, I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the rest of these ones here. Yeah, don't. Uh, is it Les Inglés du Mont? Vontou. <laughs> in yeah. France. So I, I'm assuming that you're fit as a fiddle. 
Okay, so again, in my, in my book, what I really want to reiterate is I'm not an elite cyclist. I'm 50 years old now and I'm just me. I'm five foot three and, I, and I'm just not... You know, I'm I'm not an elite, and I didn't start start cycling well into my. Well, 30s. you must be you must be doing something right if you can manage to do it. I did, by the way, I did run the marathon when I was younger, a lot younger. But can I just point out? Yeah, and I wasn't smoking quite as much. I don't think I could do it now. <laughs> no, a, a lot of the stories are about me, like literally just getting around, and like getting. So the Marmot, for instance, I was very naive. I signed up for this event, and I, all I saw was France and summer and July and I thought oh yeah I'll do that and some mem- that, yeah, yeah <laughs> members good, of yeah. my cycling club I'm in Orwell Wheelers and some some of the gang were going and I just joined on the trip and I really didn't know what I was getting myself into um, and then I got there and I suddenly realised how big the mountains were but you know again I had uh, I imagined I was a tortoise and I just kept going and you know again the story is about overcoming um, the tears, the snot, the trauma the you know <laughs> just everything but I, I got around it and I finished it and that's the and that's the thing about my story is that I never gave up, and even when the going got tough, I dug deeper and I just kept going. Now, did did it also? It mentions here as well that you suffered a dislocated hip when you were just seven months old. By the way, which was I, I kind of vaguely remember a thing, and maybe I'm mad, but when when I was younger, a lot of kids had dislocated hips. It was a thing, wasn't it? I don't, I don't know whether that was something that was happening at the time or so, but I do remember. You remember kids used to have those casts. Little babies used to have those casts. I, and I don't see that anymore. No, there's so, a different way of treating it now. Yeah, it's per oh, okay. phase. It's more common in females than males. Yeah, but okay. yeah. So, and, and and did that affect the rest of your life? I mean, your dislocated hip, it was caused by an infection. So did that, does that, do you still end up having pain because of that? Oh, absolutely. And that's how I got into yoga and fitness and physical therapy. And uh, obviously my biggest um, advocate is movement. And, uh, you know, I go out, I get in the sea regularly because it's arthritic and it's it's badly damaged. But it hasn't stopped me doing anything. I mean, I've run three marathons on it um, badly. I, and I should say again, I didn't win any records for my marathons, but I finished them. And that's the main mm. thing. But um, but also it gave me a very big understanding of, of the body because I went to see um, a specialist when I was 14. I was having terrible trouble with growing pains. And he, he basically told my mother I was to sit down for the rest of my life and to become a secretary. And I was to do nothing with my life. That was his advice. Oh, right. Yeah. Nice guy. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and luckily, happy patients. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, luckily, I just knew not to listen to him. You know, I think inside we all have a gut instinct. And I just, and you know, my poor mum was terrified. And I was there like climbing trees and running riot. And if anything, he. Were you a tomboy? Were you oh, a, totally. a tomboy? Yeah, yeah I yeah. grew up on a farm. Yeah, I was a yeah, tomboy. Yeah. 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 And um, but he 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 spurred me on, and you know, I and I just have this terrible notion of like, I'll show you. Don't you tell me what to do. <laughs> and so yeah, but I, I was lucky. I do have a good strength of character, which um, probably got me from A to B. In in relation to the fact that you said when you got to thirty two, you know, the biological clock was taken away. You clearly, you obviously haven't had children since because we would have talked about that otherwise. Has there ever been a pushback in relation to that? Because in Ireland, this thing, you know, if you're a woman of childbearing age and you've never had kids, there's this kind of negativity surrounding that, which there shouldn't be, by the way. You know, and even mother-in-laws would be saying to, you know, the newlyweds, anything happening yet? Anything stirring? You know, this kind of idea that every woman must be a receptacle for children. Do you ever get any negative pushback out of that? 
No, I think I got off the hook lightly because what happened to me in 2005, people were terrified to talk to me about anything and they probably thought that I was the last person that should have children, that I couldn't be, right. <laughs> that I couldn't be responsible for myself, <laughs> never mind a child. So I, I got off the hook lightly, I, I would imagine. But um, no, I mean, there's so many amazing women, uh, certainly my age. And again, I, I'm in that tribe, you know, they, they've never had kids. We're all, you know, single, we're all you know, got our own properties. We're all doing great. Um, Mm. Yeah. What about, about, we we spoke to Jimmy before the break. I'm sure you probably heard him with the R word. Are you religious or spiritual? Uh, I'm very, very outdoorsy, very into nature. I feel very, very happy when I'm outdoors and I would uh, just be looking at the birds and... Uh, amazed by the world around you amazed by the world around me and I adore travelling I mean I've been to 70 countries now and uh, talking to other nationalities I, I suppose I would just consider myself worldly slash spiritual I, I don't know I couldn't really put a, a name on it a, a free spirit a free spirit a free spirit but but very much nature driven okay and, and why is there a particular reason why you like to travel alone more so I mean do you think it's kind of weird to want to travel solo when you're in a relationship um, well, I'm not in a relationship. So. <laughs> so. No, no, I'm just, no, because some people would, would say if you're in a relationship, because some people feel if they're in a relationship, they can't travel solo. So is it weird to travel, want to travel solo? No, I think everybody should absolutely travel solo, even if it's just a day trip to the museum, uh, go and m- mingle Clear with tourists. Clear your mind. Um, I love, and again, in my book, I've written very honestly about how every time I settle down into a long haul flight, I take out a journal and I'll have my annual appraisal with myself. And, you know, we bring the car for a service and we bring, you know, we have work uh, appraisals. So I like to do one with myself. And I think that's what traveling solo does. You, um, it brings up a lot and you can Mm -hmm. kind of, and I hate to use the expression, oh, you know, you find yourself, it's, but, but you hear yourself, you can hear yourself think you, you get away with all the debris that's around you and everybody else banging on at you. And you can just hear yourself think. I think that's the, the the best expression. Yeah. And, okay, well, it sounds like a wonderful read, by the way. Life is a Cycle is the name of the book. And, by the way, when did you write the book? Was it was it kind of combination of a, writing chapters throughout the years or something like that, just lashing it all together? I mean, or was it something you sat down and intentionally said, right, I'm going to show other people how to get through this situation I've been through? Um I got this great idea one day, as I do with every other idea I've ever had in my life. And I was lying on a beach in Cuba and I took out a pen and paper and said, right, I'm going to write a book. And as I, you do. As you do. So <laughs> yeah. I started making some notes and then I wrote a very bad draft, which unfortunately I showed to some publishers and they basically said, no, you're grand. Thanks. Don't worry about that. And uh, then over the years, so it took me three years to write the book and it became a very, very different so from a draft to what it is now, it's 100% different. Um, but Was it's, there anything in it they said, you better take that out, you can't put that in, people will sue you. <laughs> no, uh, actually I got some really great advice and it was from this lovely lady and she read it and she said, there's no depth of soul in it. She said, she said, you either write the book or you don't. She said, you gotta put, she got, you got to put your soul into it. And that's when the book became rather honest and personal about all the other crap that had gone on in my life. Um, is there anything you regret? Is there anything that's in the book that you kind of say, oh, maybe I shouldn't have shared that? No, no, because there's quite a lot I didn't share because there's so many more <laughs> things I've done in my life. Um, no, and and um, no, I was very, I was very 
uh, cautious obviously you can't name people you can't slag people of off um, as much as you might want to trash like an ex-boyfriend or something in the book you can't yeah. Um, yeah. but they know who they are I don't know. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you know who you are <laughs> and they're probably saying oh thank god good riddance to her crazy lady but um, but uh, that was a lucky escape <laughs> oh yeah but I say the same about them so that's fine so um, but no it's just um, no I'm very happy with what I've written and I honestly wouldn't take a word back of it and um, and I'm actually very proud of it um, and I would love it to get into more shops but it's actually turns out it's incredibly difficult to get a book into bookshops it is I believe so now I've never written a book but I am actually for those of you who are interested I am penning one um, well you see you're in a very lucky position because people like you so, so as an example, like Prince Harry, we all know Penguin Random House. Don't compare me. No, with no, Prince no, no, Harry. no. But just listen for a second. So they knocked on his door. You're a celebrity. We can cash in on you. Uh, here's a pen and paper. There's a there's a writer. He's going to do all the dirty work for you. You just talk to him. We'll do all the marketing. Bob's your uncle. There's a check, and everyone's. That's not the way it works for that's me, but I'm not Prince Harry. But that's the way it works for all celebrities. I was at a dinner recently, and there was a GAA star afterwards, and I and I honestly don't know his name because I'm not interested in GAA. Uh, I don't know any of them, so apologies to whoever he was. But he said, "Oh, they keep asking me to write a book. I finally agreed to it. I met the." I met the writer, the ghost, the ghost writer, writer, the other day yeah. and we had a chat and I nearly got sick because I literally wrote every word in that book and it took me three years. And not only that, uh, and I'm not whinging or anything, I've done, a, I've, you know, I've been in the Irish Independent, I've been in the Irish Times, I'm here on your show and I've done a cracking job at marketing myself. But they just have it so easy and within months they're, they're up in Eason's and they're there signing books and they actually didn't lift a finger like, I know, I know. They didn't and, do and any that, of the heavy lifting. That could be so annoying. I mean, and don't get me wrong, you are right. I'm in the lucky position that I can promote my own book if I, you know, and I have the But you'd the easily get a publisher. Like, like you have... Well, I, I don't know, but I, well, I haven't put it out there yet that I want to publish it for anybody, but I just kind of just point out if any publishers listening, yeah. and he goes right They will. Gil, Gil do all the celebrities. You go into Easton's and all but the... But I'm girls. not a celebrity. But, but no, but you, they can cash in on you because you've got following... You oh, see, okay. I'm a nobody, and they, but you're not, not. But you're not a nobody. Here's the thing: you're, a, you know, you're somebody who changed your life at 32. Yeah, but they you made something of your life. But I'm not bankable. Uh, I'm in a corporate world. I'm not I, bankable. I, I, I mean, judging by what you've told me so far and the life that you've had, it's an extremely interesting life with ups and downs and holes everywhere. But then you go back and you bounce back. Yeah, and and the whole Jane Fonda thing really interests me as well. By the way, and <laughs> I'm, I'm, dying, dying to, I'm trying to get her. I keep tweeting her and I keep Instagramming her, and I just can't. Get, I just, so if anyone knows Jane Fonda <laughs> what you need is you need a Kardashian to hold up your book and go this is great <laughs> okay, or so, Elon Musk or something you go, this is great this book yeah so if anyone knows Elon or a Kardashian that'd be great help please <laughs> yeah well I, if you want I'll, I'll hold it up for you, and, you know, but, but then again I'm not really a celebrity I don't, I think you'll I'm start it's a start it's a start I've about 170,000 followers, but they, I mean, that's probably not enough nowadays. Nowadays, unless you're in the millions, nobody really wants to know about you. I know, I know. You know what I mean? But it is a wonderful book, but the sounds are right. I'm going to be honest, I've just, you know, glanced at the, you know, the bits and pieces, but I just, yeah. I wouldn't know enough about it yet. But yeah. it sounds like a wonderful read because it's, I think it, everybody's been at that point in their life. They have, and it's written very down to earth. It's not a difficult book. It's a good holiday read, if I say so myself. Yeah. Um, it's nice and easy to read. There's some good laugh out loud moments and this is again feedback this isn't my is there opinion. dirty bits is there dirty bits in it that happened on the, on the cruise no they're on the only fans page <laughs> <laughs>
Are you, not, are you not mad you didn't put some dirty bits in it? I didn't put any dirty bits in it, uh, because, you know, um, because it, it, it kind of wasn't that kind of book. But my next book could be well smutty if I really <laughs> Maybe Wait that's what I'm doing wrong. I need folks. to write smut. Life is a cycle too is on, is on the way. You yeah. heard it here then, first. Then it'll be in all the bookshops. Wait, you see. <laughs> So where is it available? If people want to grab it, where is it available? It's available online. It's available in Alan Hannah's in Rat Mines. It's available in a lot of the bike shops, actually. They've been hugely supportive. So okay. the cycles, what about Halfords? Have Halfords taken it No, yet? but Cycle Superstore, Joe Daly's, Think Bike, um, these are all Dublin shops. Um, but it is available online with worldwide delivery. And I have personally posted more books worldwide than I have in Ireland because obviously I'm doing the delivery myself because... It works out cheaper. Um, but like I've posted books to Australia, Canada, Germany, Finland, Australia, New Zealand. That's great. Yeah, I've actually sold more abroad than I have in Ireland. And again, okay. that's that's huge because it's gone all around the world. And I'm delighted because it's it's obviously it's written in English. It's very relatable um, and it's not sort of an Irish um, you know, it's international because I'm an international kind of person. You know, I've been all over. No relation, by the way, to the Kennedys, the 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 Kennedys. No. The Ken- well, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we're not. Not that I know of, anyway. No. Well, well you never know because there's an Irish link there somewhere. There might be a long distance relationship. Please. Sinead Kennedy. The book is called Life Is a Cycle. And if you've ever been in that place in your life where you think you know you need to change because things are just going nowhere and they're going from bad to worse and you want to focus on something, and you want to move on with your life, and you want to change your life and make something of yourself, it seems to be the book to read, because it's certainly, from what you're telling me, and the stuff that's in it, it does sound inspirational, to be honest. Uh, you're inspiring me to give up the smokes, at least. Okay. Well, tonight. just cut one down a day for me, and we'll start there. Yeah. Sinead, it's been wonderful talking to you. It's been great having you in my sh- in my studio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're in my studio there, can I just point out. Uh, Sinead, thank you very much indeed. Okay, And thanks. if you want to get the book, by the way, it's available in the bike shops. Mention all the bike shops again. So Cycle Superstore, which is in Tala, they also have online sales. Joe Daly's in Dundrum. Think Bike in Rathmines. Alan Hanna's Bookshop in Rathmines. Academy Books in Drogheda. And it's available on my website, SineadEKennedy.com with World wide delivery. What about Amazon? Did you get in there? Yet? Oh, you can, but we don't like to support Jeff, but it is there, yeah. Okay, so you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon. And you can too. get it on Kindle on Amazon as well, but personally, I would prefer if you bought from local local people. Yeah, of course, yeah. Let's not give Jeff Bezos the money, you know, the, the, the commission that he gets on all those books. I don't know how much he actually gets, probably a large percentage. I, what? Why is, why is Jane waving her hand? Oh, sorry, Jane. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. Uh, can I also mention as well that I've been told to mention that uh, Pieta provide a 24-hour free phone crisis helpline number and tech service where qualified therapists will answer uh, your call or respond to your message. It's at 1-800-247-247. So if you do find yourself in a very dark place on a very serious note and you find yourself in a difficult situation where you feel there's no way out for you and you just want to talk to somebody, it's always good to talk. 1-800-247-247 and that's Pieta House and that's a free phone crisis helpline number. I don't know, by the way, if you've ever availed of those at that time. Was it that bad, by the way, in your life, Sinead? Uh, no, I didn't avail of it. I just uh, took to vodka and uh, okay. paracetamol instead. Yeah, we do, we, and we don't recommend people do that. No, but, that, but, is it, but isn't that the exact reason why yeah. a book like this will show people how to get out of that cycle, that bad cycle? Yeah. Uh, like, because life is a cycle. It is. Thank you very much to everybody, by the way. Thank you to Sinead Kennedy. Thank you to Jay, my producer, Sinead Kennedy. Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio, the multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.